0: Welcome to the Golf Podcast Live, special Flash Friday episode uh, brought to you by FanDuel. We go live with FanDuel on Monday, so be sure to tune in. I'm your host, Raphael Calamat alongside Michael Bleakley in Vancouver. Lots to talk about today, specifically the Farmers Insurance Open over at Torrey Pines. We've got the South Course, the North Course in San Diego, California, so beautiful, so cold out here. We're going to talk about funny and embarrassing golf stories, but before we get started, we've got a very special guest. His name is Jared Dutouin. He's a PGA player, plays a lot of mini tours and PGA tour events. Um, Welcome to the show, Jared. Thanks for having me, guys. Pretty amazing to see you out there this weekend, but for those listeners and viewers who don't know who you are, we want to make you a household name here in Canada and beyond. Uh, Tell us a little bit how you got started in golf and where you are today.
1: So uh, first of all, yeah, today I am in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's where I've called home for the last uh, five, six years now. but, yeah, what got me into the game, um, my parents, we moved to a small town called Kimberly, B.C., just, you know, it's four hours outside of Calgary, um, went there and really knew nobody there. So they basically signed, you know, myself and my brother and my sister, for that matter, up for kind of every sport. Um, and, yeah, kind of got got into everything and, you know, really took a liking to golf and hockey and kind of played them seasonally and, realized that uh you know hockey wasn't my ticket um and really really got into golf um started getting good you know my last couple years of high school had some offers from you know u.s schools and i played two years at the university of idaho and after that i transferred to arizona state university and um had two years there loved it um played with you know best player in the world right now John Rom. Uh, he was a senior when I was a junior, so I only had one year when he was there. And uh yeah, I had a blast. I mean, and you know, I'm I'm still living here and I and I love it here, so
0: that's pretty incredible. I mean, going let's get into this weekend. That's pretty crazy that you actually played with with Rom. How does it feel to play with the number 1 player in the world? I guess you did play a pl- practice round with John. Um Tell us how that, how that feels, how to be in that environment. Is it is it kind of surreal to be out there playing with the guy? Once you're there, you sort of get into a zone. And I know you've done it a few times at the Canadian Open and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a reality check. How does it feel to play with, with him and being in that environment? Yeah, I mean, like, when
1: he, you know, when I first got to school, like, like I knew he was really good. I mean, he, he won the, you know, the Heisman for golf, the, the Ben Hogan award the year I came in. So I knew he was unreal. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and learn as much as I can from this guy. Um, and he was winning like, you know, so much stuff in amateur golf, but like, you don't really, you know, you think he's great and you get yeah, like, you know, I had no doubt that he was going to make it, but like I didn't think he'd be number one in the world within like a, you know, a really short window when you think about it. Um, but yeah, like it's funny playing playing with him now and playing with him in college. I mean, his game really hasn't changed that much. I mean, he just got like so much self belief, and um, you know, it's it's really cool and I guess refreshing to play with. But uh, you know, my my first rounds with him, you know, I, I just remember he was a, a cheap college kid, like like all of us, right? I mean, you know, you try and take ten bucks off the guy, and you know, he'd fight you to death for it. Um, and now he's, you know, he's making whatever he's making a year. It's it's crazy, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was it was very cool.
2: Um, I mean, I, I've appreciated John. Uh, he's an emotional player, and, and uh, last week he, he, you know, I'm not going to say put his foot in his mouth, but he, the microphone or someone's camera caught him, you know, venting a little bit, if you will. And uh, um, what was he like, you know? Uh, in terms of playing golf, and as you know him really well, um, in, in to just terms of uh, handling himself, uh, and um, uh, you know, pardon me here, I, I wasn't fully prepared for the question, but yeah, I just want to get a dive into your relationship with John a little further, and, and what's he what does he really like to play with as a person?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I, the thing that I kind of tell everybody about John, because everybody always asks about him, it's like he's just so competitive at everything he does, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, an example sticks out to me. It was like, we went bowling. And he'd like never been bowling before. And like his girl, like it's just a super light environment. And he's just like devastated when like somebody beats him, you know? And it was just like, (laughs) and you take that to like ping pong as well. Right. Like it was just, you know, he's just so competitive at like everything he does. And, um, and then, you know, golf, obviously, you know, that's, that's kind of his, his, biggest gift. And, you know, he really wears, you know, kind of his pride and his passion on his sleeve and, you know, he expects to to be the best. And, and I mean, right now he is the best. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. And I mean, you know, obviously he's got a lot of, you know, physical traits, but, you know, I think his mind and just that, like that fire and that, you know, competitiveness is really what kind of takes him to, to where he is.
2: I like to see a player run a little hot, right i mean golf as we know it's a hard game it's extremely frustrating uh you could have the most patient person on the planet uh you know swearing down the fairway and uh whatnot. So i i actually like seeing uh a you know, player of his stature you know show a little emotion and and to me it seems it, it demonstrates that they care about their game and, and that competitive aspect and uh so, so i personally like it you know the The press will jump on it, uh, just like uh, any story they can, just to get some mileage out of it. But I know that that, that's good to hear. Um, My thoughts are, I'd like to ask you about your path to the PGA Tour. Um, Maybe give us a run through any developmental tours you played on and uh, and how that uh, came to maturation. Yeah, I mean, so... Um,
1: I don't know. I mean, it's kind of been a crazy path for me. I mean, I, I kind of got my first start as an amateur in 2016 and just like careered and had like an unreal tournament. You know, I was in the final group on Sunday. So that, I mean, that was like my my first taste of everything and definitely, uh, you know, uh, an unrealistic, you know, early um, success, unsustainable early success like my, my game wasn't nearly as good as you know kind of what it was that weekend right and I, I still had and I still have so much to learn um, regarding golf but yeah so that was that was kind of my first taste of it you know my I graduated college and I, I played basically three years on the Canadian tour and um, the Canadian tour is just in the summer so you know I would play the spring and the fall a little bit in the on the Latin American tour pga tour Latin america um and then you know you know these last couple of years i've i've chased a lot of monday qualifiers you know i've gotten into a handful of events but you know it's until you have you know a pga tour or corn fairy tour card i mean your schedule is you know it's kind of all over the map i mean i'm you know i, I played like a ton of local mini tour events I've played you know I've kind of played honestly all over I mean one summer when the Canadian tour wasn't going on I played up the Dakotas tour I and mean, you you basically yeah. just kind of go go wherever you have to and um you know that's that's kind of what I've been doing and just yeah just waiting for waiting for something to stick and uh you know some some sort of status to be achieved so
0: that's pretty amazing amazing so Mike and I have talked about this week and week out with with other people about how hard it is for somebody to actually maintain any kind of level of consistency, getting on tour, doing Monday qualifiers, trying to get some sort of status, you know, and to what you alluded to, Jared, about the 2000 RBC Canadian Open. I think that's the first time I realized who you were on the scene. For those of you who don't remember and want to look this up, you know, you were behind Brent Snedeker after 54 holes, you were one shot behind. Right. And that that was, that was sort of like the moment I remember saying, Hey, who's this kid? This guy is amazing, right? And, and so now we're watching you on VGA, um, PGA Tour video highlights. We're, we're tweeting about you. We're, we're talking about your game. You know, at the opening round at the Farmers, uh, you had that amazing birdie shot that got some coverage with the PGA Tour Live, which is amazing. I'm, I'm really happy they did that. On the 11th hole, which is super hard, you kind of flopped it into the hole, pitched it into the hole as a 230-yard par 3 and you chipped it in for bird and you went back to even was that the first day uh, run us through who you were who you were play, playing with and your memorable holes
1: yeah so um yeah i started on the
0: back nine of the
1: south had like a very nervous three putt on my on my first hole basically i had like a 30 footer downhill tried to make it ended up missing the 5 footer coming back and um yeah you know like tory south is is such a beast I and mean, you know you kind of get behind the eight ball a little bit and you're and you're chasing and um after bogeying the 10th I had the 11th and it's just like it's 230 at sea level firm green into wind like whatever (laughs) club you pull it doesn't feel like you have enough you know it's just like uh it's just a hard hole and uh I actually had a pretty good shot you know it was pin eye just a little right of the green like not far from kind of where I was aiming and Um, yeah ended up chipping one in like totally unexpected but it got me back to even and kind of got some good momentum going. Um, Another kind of memorable hole was the 15th you know it's just a really hard kind of long par four and you know for guys like me that you know I haven't seen that many starts on you know bigger tougher golf courses like fairways are fairways are thin and the rough is really long um you know you got the ocean wind coming off the left and like it barely feels like it's blowing but it's just that strong ocean breeze it's just like you know it, it touches even that you know the, the the most center hit golf balls and um but yeah, on that hole, I, I hit like a six iron at 30 feet and I hit this pot that looked like it was just going to die on the high side. And then it kind of dipped in and the crowd kind of went nuts because they had a bit of a gallery there and, you know, because it kind of did that slow, um, late reaction kind of fall into the hole. And, um, it keeps yeah, it going was, though, right? It, keeps yeah, it it keeps for it going, sure. right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that was, that was definitely a highlight. And then, uh, and then the wheels kind of came off shortly after that. I mean, I just, playing in that kind of rough, like, it's just, it's it's hard to explain, but it's just, like, it's so hard, you know. And some I of those mean, fairways you, are so yeah. narrow.
0: We're looking at, you know, 20, 25 yards in some spots, uh, even less than that. And then that rough is almost, it's, it's very close to U.S. Open rough. Yeah, I mean, you can
1: hit, like, almost a 10 out of 10 drive. Like, you can hit a 9 out of 10 drive that just lands, you know, in the right center and kicks off into the rough, and all of a sudden you're just you're playing to advance your ball to the front of the green and I mean the green complexes are hard too right so you gotta you know after hitting a great drive and a great second shot you're still grinding for par and it's just like you know it it can be I mean it's it's a frustrating and and you just have to be so patient out there um you know that's kind of I guess what I've what what I kind of learned from this last week is you know I got off to a great start and things started kind of going the wrong way and You know, if I would have just done a little better job of hanging in there on the south, you know, I might have had a better chance to kind of see a
2: couple more days. But,
1: you know, live and learn.
2: Yeah, that tour rough is – you don't really see it on TV. I remember playing TPC Scottsdale, you know, probably 10 years ago, about a week or two before the tournament, the Phoenix Open, and uh, they they actually had a local rule uh, that uh, the amateurs could move their ball closer to the fairway because the rough was you know six seven inches deep if you hit it far enough offline and uh, you can't see your ball in it and uh, then to try and stop it you know i can just uh, empathize with you trying to stop a wedge uh, out of deep rough on green complexes like that uh, um, it's hard tv doesn't do it justice doesn't really show how hard it is out there uh, and how easy you know like you said you, you hit a good drive and one bounce and you're in deep rough you can't see your ball and Uh, it's a grind.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's like the other thing too, it's like basically no matter what club you pull from the rough, like the ball is going to go pretty much the same distance. You know, you hit a five iron out of the rough and it, you know, it's going to come out low and it might chase. And then you hit a pitching wedge out of the rough and it might carry as far as, you know, where the five iron ends up. Like, it's just like, it's a really weird thing. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of tough to, understand and know unless you've kind of had you know a lot of reps out there and like I said I, yeah. I just haven't had that many so I'm just like a little a little clueless you know when when you know you you gotta hit you know your pro shots from that kind
0: of rough. Jared. Absolutely. I gotta, I gotta ask you this did you know by you making the the qualifier and, and getting into this tournament it it broke some Canadian records you got nine pros that played in this event not since 1970 have we seen so many Canadians play, and so everybody has been going wild on social media. You know, it's great to, to, to be able to follow so many players. I remember back in the day where we just had Weir or Ames to follow. It's it's really cool to see you out there, and we commend you on it. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Jared Dutois. he's a PGA Tour journeyman, and um, man. I'm sure when you were growing up, you were you looked up to some players. Uh, What players did you look up to, and uh, who are you friends with out there on tour now? I mean, my my biggest kind of role model, I guess,
1: was Graham Delette. You know, like I I started kind of getting better and you know started thinking about professional golf when I was when I was in college, and you know my my end of kind of my junior golf career, kind of when he was when he was coming up and. You know, he was kind of this blue collar, you know, he came from small town Saskatchewan, he went to school at Idaho, but like, you know, he he really kind of, you know, carved out a career for himself and, you know, it was kind of unfortunate and it it still is unfortunate to kind of see what's happened to him injury wise, but, but yeah, he was, he was definitely a guy that I was like, you know, I, you know, if I could if I could be like him and have a career like him, I I definitely would. And then obviously Mike Weir, you know, being a Canadian and you know, and what a lot of people don't know about Mike too is he, you know, he took a long time to get on the PGA tour. I mean, he kind of scratched and clawed for four or five, six years, you know, through Canadian tour and and you know what I'm sure then was probably either the Nike or the Hogan tour, now the Corn Ferry tour. Um, and yeah, and you know, once he got out there, he he had an unreal career. And um, you know, he's he's a guy that I that I still I really envy his career. And I you know I hope to, to someday have you know even a fingernail you know the amount of success that yeah.
2: that he did. That yeah. uh, Mike has a fantastic game, and, and we know he's not the longest hitter on tour, but his ball striking has been stellar. And now that he's out on uh, Champions Tour. Uh, it's fantastic to watch because he he was plagued with injuries through his 40s, which was a shame. Uh, We probably would have seen a lot more of him, uh, but uh, it's fantastic to see him back in action. So it makes me wonder, is there any uh, pairings that stand out to you that you've had so far in your career, uh, um, good or bad personalities that you've come across uh, that, that stand out to you? see the grin there You must be something (laughs)
1: yeah I mean I was just thinking like so you know I think back to you know my first Canadian Open there and I played with Fran Snedeker and I was you know I think I was 21 and you know very much you know lost and like you know overwhelmed by everything that was going on and I remember he just you know he did a really good job of I don't know and he and he didn't have to but he he kind of made me feel um welcome and he kind of relaxed me a little bit you know with just small chit chat here and there um he was a great guy i mean you know i'm trying to think Uh, joel damon is like maybe the biggest beauty that's like ever Uh, made
2: he's fantastic
1: i just remember like this this one shot um you know he had like there was like a little leaf that blew over his ball and he was like set up to his target and he was ready to go. And all of a sudden uh, he's standing there and he just kind of looks at his caddy and his caddy comes over and he like picks up the leaf and like without, you know, without letting his caddy even leave, he pulls a trigger on like the the hardest hole in the golf course. And I was just like, man, what what a guy. Like it was just, uh, it it was, it was a crazy little thing. And, um, you know, just to see, I guess, you know, how much, you know, a guy like him can, can, can succeed out there. And he has a ton of fun too. I mean, him and his caddy are like, you know, a couple of, couple of old buddies playing on a golf trip, you know, like they just, they're, they're kind of constantly chirping at each other and, and whatnot. And it's, uh, it's, it's definitely very cool to see. Cause you know, I, I think a lot of guys out there and probably rightfully so, get a little kind of stressed out and a little um, hemmed in just, you know, playing for their livelihoods and stuff. But yeah, it's very refreshing to see a guy like Joel Damon. Um, for sure. Know, not, Did- not take many things too seriously.
2: And I recall, uh, I think it was at at Riviera last year when there was no fans on the course and he made a putt and some of the residents uh, watching, you know, were cheering and he puts his arms out and he's like, do I entertain you (laughs) or paraphrasing a little bit, but I just laughed my ass off when I saw him do that. Uh, And he's a great character in the game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's an all time guy.
0: Well guys, just a quick update. Farmers Insurance Open is happening today, this Friday. It's a Wednesday to Saturday finish, obviously because NFL Super Bowl is going on on Sunday and uh, they've changed the dates around. Uh, we got John Rahm at 14-under. He's on the fifth hole and uh, our Canadians are doing pretty good right now. Um, we've got Nick Taylor, 8-under. He's 2-under for the day. Uh, just uh, scrolling through, Taylor Pendrith's 1-under. It's uh, for the day at seven under on 11 and of course um, Well, there they are Adam Svensson, Michael Glickage Glick- Glickage I always get that wrong <laughs> Adam Svensson, he's uh, he's unfortunately four over for the day So is Glickage at four over they're both respectively at one over par for the tournament You know if you're looking at this tournament Jared, do you have any uh, best bets on uh, one of these players? Who do you think is going to take it? And uh, <laughs> well, what's your fave? I mean, it,
1: like for for the tournament, I mean, I think Rom, like for sure, he's just like you know, you you look at guys maybe Crenshaw, Augusta, and John Rom at Torrey Pines is is right there. I mean, the yeah. golf course, um, you know, it's just ball striking and you know, kind of quick and slippery greens. And he's kind of got all the tools, you know, and I think uh, not that many guys have all the tools. Um, so, you know, he'd, he'd be my pick for sure.
2: He's proven it on the green many times. Like how often do we see him drop a 30, 40 footer putt uh, at a high dramatic moment? So if let's imagine this. You're going to text John tonight. What are you going to say to him? you going to break his balls a little bit or are you going to go for it or what? <laughs>
1: You know, I, I, I try and leave him alone on tournament weeks because, you yeah. know, they, they, those guys get so much attention from just so many people. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to tell John anything, I'd just tell him to just do what he always does. <laughs> I mean, he's just, like, he's so good. Like, in college, like, feel like, you know, no matter what tournament or where or how, like he he always made a putt on 18 that kind of meant something, you know, and he's just, he's kind of got that, um, you know, like I said, never really been pumping his tires, you know, this, this, uh, for the last 20 minutes or so, but yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's something special. So yeah, I, you know, if I, if I had a bet out there tomorrow, I'd, I'd put some money on him.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, we're going to, I'm going to fire off a couple of questions to you, Jared. I want our audience, our viewers, and our listeners to get to know you a little bit. So don't worry. They're not tough questions. And I want sort of like one-word answers. I'm going to fire off four questions, and uh, we'll go from there. You ready? (laughs) All right. So your favorite food? Sushi. All right. Uh, Your favorite golfer? All time. All time. Your favorite (laughs) golfer. Or maybe... You know, one of the popular questions we've asked in the past is well, what's your ultimate foursome? But if a uh, favorite golfer is good too?
1: Louis, Louis Ustase. And I just I, I can't not love looking at that guy's golf swing.
0: Uh, yeah, it's magic. Favorite TV show? TV show? Anything you've seen lately? Anything you binge watched? Movie? I
1: gotta, why am I getting stumped on this? Suits, yeah. suits, is, suits is all time. I, <laughs> I think Suits is a, a, great, ep, a great show. I don't yeah, know. That's, yeah, that's shot here in Toronto. Yeah, yeah a lot wow. of Canadian, like the, Mike Ross, he's, he's Canadian. Patrick Adams, I think. Yeah, yeah. And
0: yeah. Uh, how about your favorite music? You got anything on your playlist right now you're listening to? You know what? Brothers Osborne, they're a
1: country band, and I don't know why, but like, just love them. Yeah. I, I could listen to those
2: guys forever. Sweet, sweet. Mike. So, and what do you do uh, other than golf? You know, if uh, you got the weekend off, uh, what else are you into? I mean, I love, I love hockey.
1: I'm an avid, avid Calgary Flames fan. Um, yeah. Which this year they're they're showing some good. You know, for the past 15 years, it's in pure mediocrity.
2: But, we won't uh, hold that against you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah, they're – you know, I, I watch I watch a ton of games and I follow them pretty good. I mean, I, I do a lot of out- outdoor stuff down here. I mean, Phoenix, weather's so good. You know,
2: you yeah. kind of
1: feel bad being inside. Um, you know, a lot of hiking around, um, a lot of golf, obviously. Um, the last couple years I've actually been pretty big into yoga. Um, you know, I'm just like i – I'm a pretty – uh high strung might not be the right word, but I'm like a pretty uh intense, I guess, sometimes. So yoga kind of really chills me out. Um I love that.
0: Uh what else? I mean Yeah, I think that's really important, Jared, that you know, you were talking before we went on the air that you uh you played a lot of different sports growing up. And I, I think that really helps a well rounded athlete altogether playing hockey. I grew up playing hockey, baseball, soccer. I even cycled, you know, on a provincial, national, international level before I got into, you know, serious golf. So, you know, I think that's really important to have a well-rounded, you know, uh, game. Uh, and, and it helps with your hand-eye coordination. helps with your flexibility. It helps with your mental state of preparing and traveling and doing all that stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and to speak to that, to add to that, um, I actually, I play quite a bit of tennis down here with uh, some golf guys. Uh, Adam Hadwin is unreal. Like he just wipes the floor with me. Um So anytime I, anytime I want to get humbled, I'll go play with him. And then uh, another Canadian guy, Stuart McDonald, who is probably, you know, the most unheralded Canadian professional golfer at the moment. And he's, he was like a 12-year-old elite badminton player. So anytime you get a racket in that guy's hand, he, he does some damage. Um, so, yeah, playing, you know, play play a decent amount of tennis with those guys. Just uh, like you said, I mean, something competitive that isn't golf, you know, because a lot yeah. of times when you're, you know, playing golf too much, it's just, you know, it becomes – You burn out. Yeah, you burn out. Yeah, yeah. You burn out. Takes some of the fun out of it, and it kind of turns to a job a little bit. So yeah, doing something athletic that, that isn't golf is uh, I don't know you, very much you seen needed. That, yeah.
0: You've seen VJ workout. He posted a video yesterday that looked like a Rocky video. He's like hammering tires with a sledgehammer. He's hitting a a hitting bag, a boxing bag, with a baseball bat. He's <laughs> we we posted on our site if anybody wants to take a look at that. Yeah, i'll check it out i don't do
1: any of that but uh you know i'll i'll mix, I'll mix in uh i'll mix in some band work here and there to,
2: to stay loose and all that so. right on what's so, your uh home course down in arizona right now
1: um so there's a course up north it's called silverleaf it's uh honestly i i got super lucky to get into the golf course it's a gorgeous golf course and um, there's quite a few PGA tour guys to call it home too. So there's always kind of usually a pretty good game to, to get. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great one to, to check out if you're in the area.
0: Yeah. The subpar boys always talk about that, the, to get amongst it and go over down and go down to Silverleaf and get yourself a game. You never know who you're going to be teeing up with. So just before we get into our next question, just a quick shout out to Corey Connors, Jared Dutois, who's with us right now, PGA Tour Journeyman, Michael Glickich, Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrith, Max Sear, who also made the cut with you. uh, I should say the qualifier along with you, Adam Spenson and Nick Taylor. Let's not forget our girls playing uh, down in Boca right now over in South Florida. Mary-Amy LeBlanc, who was up on the leaderboard. Unfortunately, she made a double bogey on the 18th earlier today to drop down to minus five. Uh, but Brooke Henderson is out there playing as well. I'm looking at, uh, you know, your future, Jared. What does uh, 2022 look like for you uh, schedule-wise? And do you have any sponsor exemptions or tournaments you're planning to go to? I have no sponsor exemptions at the moment. Um, you know, I have
1: I have some Latin status, so I'll go down to a couple of those events. Um, I'll likely play the summer up in Canada. You know, I'm going to chase anywhere from, you know, five to 15 corn Ferry and PGA tour Monday qualifiers, um, you know, in the, in the spring and early summer. And uh, yeah, I mean, just very much kind of touch and go schedule, you know, it's kind of one of those things. If you get a new event and you start playing good, then, you know, you can kind of parlay it into, you know, two, maybe three, four weeks kind of thing. And um, you know, that's, that's definitely the goal for me. Mike,
0: I think we got a in- nickname. We're going to go. It's gonna be uh, Latin status. I like it. <laughs> I got some. <laughs> I got some Latin yeah. status.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I'm curious. Things, yeah, yeah, no doubt. There's. Um, what do you do for caddies right now? Do you have a regular caddy, or do you pick up locals? Or? Yeah, I mean it's mostly locals. Like at, at the yeah.
1: level you know that I've been at. Um, you know a, lo- a lot of the events they don't even require caddies, so a lot of the time you know I'll just kind of carry carry my own and um you know at, a, at most levels other than you know pga and corn ferry, you you are allowed range finders so like mm-hmm. you know other than carrying your bag like you know you, you kind of have everything you need um right but yeah very much locals i mean you know we we think it's kind of tough as like, professional golfers but like in a in a professional caddy like you know your guys got to make quite a bit of money for for you to break even right like it's yeah. You know a lot of a lot of guys that caddy on the corn Ferry tour and um you know it's it's kind of breaking even until your guy gets really hot so um mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's tough to kind of bring a bring a guy around
2: and it's another job driven by passion too and caddies are just as passionate about golf as uh, as players and uh, they, they do it for the love of it
1: for sure yeah it's it's funny um so at, the, at the monday qualifier like a lot of professional caddies that you know, don't have a, a guy for the week. They just kind of linger around the scoring tent and, and they kind of see, you know, who had a good score. And as soon as you post a decent number, you have five, six, seven of them come up to you and introduce themselves <laughs> and hang it on your bag that week. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of a funny, you know, kind of unseen part
0: of the whole process. But uh,
2: yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's uh, like sales always be closing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We've always been talking about the fact that how much money you actually cost to get out on tour. And to actually chase, you know, Monday qualifiers or tournament events, um, you know, we're, we're talking potentially $50,000 plus. And some people say, well, that's impossible. Well, it is possible. You know, it's, you know, for everything that you need to do on a week-to-week basis, it's really tough. So, you know, we want to say thank, before we get into your sponsors, we want to say thanks to our sponsors, Drinkwell, ECS, Evolve Creative Solutions Agency, uh, of course, um, your sponsors uh include who let's uh, let's mention a couple of people who are supporting you and uh helping you along the way here so yeah maybe a shout out or a thanks
1: yeah um you know recently i, I picked up it's canadian sponsor turf care um and they've, they've been awesome to me i play with you know one of the the, the main guys he's, he's actually a member at silverleaf as well and he's been awesome to me and um Booster Juice nice Canadian company that uh, I'm sure you know is very familiar with a lot of the listeners and they have yeah. you know they actually sponsor I, I couldn't believe how many guys they sponsor on tour I I saw four other guys this week with uh, Booster Juice sponsor, you know yeah. um, so that's cool and then and then Titleist and FootJoy have, have been my my club and clothing sponsors since I turned professional so um you know they've they've been awesome to me for for many years now, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, can't thank you know the four of them enough for uh,
0: for all the support over the years.
2: Very cool. Yeah,
0: we're looking into a uh, a year where possibly the Canadian Open will happen. It looks like it's a green light for the last two years. Not since uh, the war have we not seen two years of no Canadian Open <laughs> with a history going back to 1904. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to come out this way. Have you had a chance to play St. George's and uh, are you going to try to get onto the Canadian Open uh, and get a sponsors exemption? yeah, i'm'm I'm, I'm gonna definitely try and play. I mean
1: I'm you know sponsor exemption. I, I've probably you know I think i've I've been given three before, so I, I've definitely um, had my fair share of sponsor exemption. so you know if I were to get in, you know it'd either be through the Canadian tour. I know a lot of years they kind of have, you know, after, you know, week four, the cutoff, um, the top three guys get in or or something like that. I don't know what it's going to be. And then, you know, if not that, then I'll definitely try and Monday qualify. Because one year one year I was close. I think it was the year it was at Hamilton. Um, I I went out and tried to Monday qualify and was – was right there. I mean, I don't know if you guys have played that Monday course at uh, Heron Point, but it's, it's hard. It's hard as well. It's a, it's a great Monday track and, um, yeah,
0: a a great test to, uh, get in the event. Well, if golf Canada is listening and I know they are, (laughs) all right, let's give this guy a break. He actually made the qualifier, played amazing golf this weekend, put Canada on the map and here we are with him. So, uh, Golf Canada, give him a, a sponsor's exemption. No, <laughs> uh, how are you doing on time, Jared? Uh, we usually ask our guests uh, beforehand. Here we are uh, dragging you out. We usually go about an hour. Are you okay to uh, stick around for a few more minutes? Yeah, no, I'm good for sure. And uh, and speaking of Golf Canada too, I mean, I, I I feel terrible
1: for leaving them out, but they they've had a you know a young pro program for the last.
0: I don't know how many years, but, but since two thousand, I think since two thousand, yeah. their goal was to get five players up in the top one hundred in ten years, and uh, you know here they are, consistently getting anywhere between you know four and uh, nine players on tour. Yeah, um,
1: but yeah, they've you know they've done it so much for for the game in Canada. I mean, we just actually had right before this this monday qualifier there's a bit of a training camp where you know i think there's seven pros on the team this year that you know kind of come down from all parts of canada and the u.s to train for for a week and um you know it's it's kind of hosted and facilitated by by golf canada and they've they've been you know a huge help for the game and um you know they actually have a, a new guy in charge of the player development program his name's kevin blue and uh, he is, you know, he's, he's pretty sharp and he's, he's pretty focused on, you know, getting as many people to the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour as possible. So, um, you know, I, I think with, with the right programs and everything, it's definitely possible. And, you know, I, I, I think they're doing a great job.
2: Outstanding. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Golf Canada is, you know, nothing but praise for them uh, in what they've been doing to grow the game in Canada, even on the amateur level. But that makes me think of uh, you know we like to talk about golf courses obviously and uh, what course stands out in your mind like if you 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 if you could uh, have your bucket list course and go play uh, every day or be a member what would that be?
1: I mean it's definitely a cop out answer but Augusta National you know it's like the only course that I that I know you know basically every hole and I know what way the putts break and. Um, you know, just from watching it on TV and and, and that, uh, that that would definitely be number one. I mean, you know, I was always actually kind of fascinated with uh, Marion. Remember with the wicker baskets yes. in the, in the yes. U.S. Open? Like, I, you know, I don't remember too much about the golf course, but I just thought that place was so cool and so fun to kind of watch on TV. I just remember the uh, the year they had the U.S. Open, all the players were getting all confident in the uh, in the press room saying that, you know, 15, 16, 17 under was going to win. And then I think like winning score was right around par. Um, yes, you know, I, I, a place like that is, is really cool. And you know, a place that you'd love to play kind of every day. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Augusta is a pretty special place. Uh, we've got Len Matisse on next week. He finished second to Mike Weir. Uh, I don't think he he realizes how much of a household name he is here in Canada, because when people watch the, uh, the Masters, him finishing second, uh, that's pretty amazing. So we'll, we'll touch on that. And So hopefully you get out there one day and you get to play. There's obviously the Open as well. I'm sure you'd love to get out to play the Open. Um, this year they're over at the old course, St. Andrews. Um, have you had a chance to play overseas at all, uh, be it in Europe or the UK, Scotland in particular? Um no never never the UK. Uh I went over to
1: European Q School one year in France and and played a course out there but uh but yeah I've never I've never played in the UK and that that'd be another thing that I'd, I'd really want to do. Um I've I've been fortunate enough to play Cabot a couple times and uh, Cabot Links and Cliff and I from everything I've heard, you know, it's kind of the closest thing in North America to, you know, true kind uh, of Scottish links and uh that place was a blast. And, you know, if it's anything like, uh, if, if the course in Scotland or anything like Cabot, you know, I would, I would very, I'd leave tomorrow <laughs> to go play a couple of them.
0: So. Yeah. Well, you're now 26 years old. You're still really young. I know, uh, there's a lot of new young and hot players coming out. I mean, when you went to university of Arizona, you went to Idaho and Arizona, I think, right. Yeah. Did you yeah, switch Idaho over and
1: Arizona state? Yeah. So yeah. With... I
0: transferred after two years and I'm just blown away over division, not only division one, but division two and three golf is just incredible when they show some highlights or they talk about, or you look at the scores, do you, do you feel like there's been a, uh, you know, a changing of the guard of some sort where the kids are starting off younger, they got more training, they're hitting it further. They're more precise with all the technology. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think, I
1: don't know. I, I think the game has kind of continued to grow. And I, and I think there's, there's definitely more, more and more people trying to play at a higher level. Like it's, it's pretty funny. Um, You know, you meet all these football and hockey and, you know, different, different kind of physical sport parents. And, you know, none of them want their kids to play football or hockey, you know, they all want them to play something that's easier on the body, like golf or, or, or something else. And I, and I think for that reason, um, you know, like there's, there's a, there's a pretty good, uh, kind of gene pool going into, into golf. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think the, the competitive level is kind of picking up and, you know, it, I mean, it probably is in every sport too. Like I had, I've got, you know, a really good friend that played in the AHL for 10 years and, um, you know, he, he kind of talked about it, too. It's just like every year, like, he just felt like he got better and faster. And, um, you know, so, you know, it's it's kind of evolution of sport, I guess.
2: Less concussions in golf, that's for sure. Like, can imagine <laughs> as a parent, uh, it's, it'd be uh, nerve-wracking to watch your kid getting tackled on the fields or pummeled into the boards, uh, you know, on <laughs> the rink, right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine that at all. Like, and you know, I kind of laugh at, you know, all the, the crazy hockey parents and the crazy sport parents, but I might be crazy too if my, if my kid got, you know, lit up and, you know, went, went head first into the boards or something like that. So I'll
0: tell um, you, Jared, you're, you're living the dream, you know, and a lot of people live vicariously through someone like you. So just keep on pushing, keep on doing it, man. We're, we're cheering you on. I know it's a, it's a very lonely sport at times. You know, I played a little bit of mini tour. Uh, I used to be over at Royal Montreal Golf Club, played a number of clubs as a club professional, and you kind of get stuck in, in that world. But, you know, go for it. Just do it. You know, we're, we're looking at this. Uh, we're looking at you. And, um, you know, tell us maybe just a little bit more about your day one, two experience. You know, going to the range, seeing all these players. Um, who were you paired with and who did you see on the range? So I was played with, uh, paired with Chad Ramey
1: and David Skins, who are, you know, both Corn Ferry Tour graduates. Um, all the the Monday qualifiers and then, like, the lowest level PGA Tour players kind of get the worst tee times. So, um, you know, I wasn't paired with a household name by any means, but uh, two great guys and, you know, had a had a great group. Um, and then on the range, it's, it's you know, it's kind of funny because, like, you're just rubbing shoulders with, you know some of the best players in the world. Like I remember, actually, I, uh, I Monday qualified into this event last year too, and I was using this like swing aid to kind of help you compress your wedges. And like using this aid, you really had to kind of lean on, you know, like and get a lot of shaft lean on um, at, at impact. And I remember using it, and like you know, the the miss when you use the the, the tool is a hazard. And I'm sitting between Hideki and Brooks, you know, hitting balls. And I'm leaning on this wedge and I clip one off the hosel. Just like, I just felt so little. <laughs>
2: you, know? like, you, had, you had a 10-cup moment. That's a oh, total 10-cup sure.
1: moment. Who hit that? Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: take,
2: take your change out of your left pocket, put it in your right pocket. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it
1: was it was wild. But, I mean, you know, the, the farmers is kind of – heralded as, as the uh it's kind of the first real pga tour event yeah. of the year you know i mean there's got hawaii and they've got you know palm springs but th- the field is is really stout in the farmers and you know it's it's the first kind of real hard golf course as well so you see a lot of you know crazy big names and uh, yeah it's it's definitely kind of getting to see up close what what they kind of do day to day as well
2: and you mentioned playing at sea level, too. And for anyone who doesn't live near the ocean, uh, the ball doesn't move, you know, and we deal with that here in Vancouver, you know, no matter how well you hit it, that thick oceanside air uh, is penalizing.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. The ball goes nowhere. It's actually pretty humbling. You know, you you get the track man or whatever and you get all the numbers and you're like, man, my 8-iron in Phoenix goes 170 and you pull it out in the morning and, in uh, San Diego, and you flush one, and it goes
0: 153, and you're like, "Oh no, it's gonna be a
1: long day."
2: But <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. and We're gonna wrap this up very shortly, Mike. Any last thoughts or questions?
2: Um, well, I definitely want to hear some embarrassing golf stories, out oh, of Jared. Yeah. You gotta have something <laughs> juicy for us. <laughs> we usually we usually
0: finish off the show with embarrassing or funny golf stories. So if you could think of anything. Uh, just as you think of that I'll give you a really quick one back at the Canadian Open I believe it was in 2000 in 2000 when Tiger won over at Glen Glen Abbey Golf Club It was a practice round. I was out in that roundabout in front of the clubhouse And I had a disposable camera and I wanted to take a picture of Tiger He's coming out of the clubhouse with his entourage and I said oh what a cool picture This would make and we're not on the course or anything and just to my right was a minivan with a golfer getting in at the time. I didn't know who it was. So I took it. The flash was on. The flash went off. Here's another flash story, Mike. I, this is my second flash story. The flash goes off. And the guy looks at me, was getting into the minivan. He goes, Hey, there's no cameras. Hey, security, t- 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 tell somebody about this guy. He's, he's got a camera. He's got a And I look at, I look the guy beside me. I asked him, I go, who is that? He's like, that's Brandel Chamblee. I'm like, who? <laughs> i didn't know who he was <laughs> well anyways that's my tiger woods Brandel Chamblee story it was kind of embarrassing
1: that's good uh yeah two two kind of came to mind for me and one of them was the second canadian open i ever played and i was playing with joel damon and i'm right on the cut line and you know it's i'm, I'm freshly turned pro so like making a cut at a pga tour event was was definitely a you know a big deal for me so i'm you know i'm pretty nervous and uh I just remember we get to ATT and nobody's in front of us. And I'm like, yeah, I, I need to pee. Like <laughs> and there was like no bathroom around. So I'm just like, I'm asking all these guys, like, what do you what do you do? Like you just go over there, like you get fined because there's people around and I just had no experience. Um, so I, eventually I went end up uh sneaking off into the bushes, probably somebody's yard at Plant Abbey, and uh <laughs> you know did that, but um <laughs> and then this, this other one, I, we were actually at, and it, you know, it's, when you said Tiger, it made me think of it, but we were at Isleworth for um, a college man. it was my mm-hmm. junior year, I think, and I'm, I'm doing the math i'm like okay well you know tiger's big incident was in you know it was at alworth it was at his home in alworth where he you know crashed into the fire hydrant like by his house you know when his wife yeah, yeah, caught yeah, him exactly. and this and that and uh i'm like we got to go find this fire hydrant and go take a picture of it so <laughs> if, if, you, if you scroll through my instagram it's uh myself and a freshman um we're, we're posing by this fire hydrant yeah we ended up posting a photo about it but uh yeah
2: i I don't know that came up when i when i thought about tiger that's funny awesome that's funny uh uh, yeah i do i do and it involves uh fred Acknon who is uh connected to our sponsor Drinkwell. a couple years ago at mccleary golf course a local muni here took him out at twilight he's a beginner and the only reason this trick worked is because he doesn't know much about golf. And I had an exploding golf ball. It was probably 40, 50 years old. It was from my mom's uh, um, <laughs> second husband. So when he uh, got a bunch of swag when he had passed away. And so I, I, I never thought I would use it. But I brought it out this one night, hoping I could drop it on Fred and get it on the first tee. It's a narrow par five. He obviously tops the ball into the little creek. And I had the ball in my pocket, and the marshal was sitting with us. I'm like, "Watch, I'm going to get him." Throw the ball over to Fred, and he didn't know any better. He puts it up on a tee, uh, squares up, and hits it, and then boom, the thing explodes. It was just magical, and we're all just laughing our asses off. That's well, one of those powder uh, golf
0: balls, right? Oh, 100%. We got to we got you know, to post that. We got to post that. I have it on
2: video. I, I, it's on my uh, DJ Instagram account, and I, we're going to post it. And I, 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 any you know, knowledgeable golfer would have noticed immediately that that wasn't a ball. So but was able to fool him and uh, he's a good sport about it. Had a good laugh.
0: That's awesome. Jared, you've been so good to us, man. We, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Any final thoughts from you? Thanks for coming on. We certainly appreciate it.
2: Definitely. Thank you so much.
1: No, thanks for hosting guys. Yeah. You guys got a good thing going on here and uh, yeah. Happy, uh, happy to join you.
2: Fantastic. Well, the door is open for uh, maybe later on in the year uh, after you have some good success on tour and can tell us about it. Awesome. I'll be
0: there. All right. For Jared Zutois, Michael Bleakley, I'm Raphael Calamet. You've been listening to The Golf Podcast Live. Special thanks to Drinkwell, UpperHand.ca, Sports Cards and Collectibles, ECS, your Evolve Creative Solutions for all your digital marketing needs, And remember, we're going live with FanDuel as our new affiliate. As of Monday, we'll be giving you our best pets, our best bets, not our best pets.